Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Jess. And I am Andrew. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How have you been, Andrew? I have been uh, really good. Uh, ever since Elon Musk kind of just let me go, I've been uh, at a lot more free time. So, hmm. you know, I've been able to get get these musicals watched and everything without having to worry about these Mars issues. Yeah, I heard you started your job as like an undercover cop at a high school. Oh, that was like a brief stint, like only about 15 minutes. What ended that job? Entrapment. <laughs> ah, that's so fitting. It's ironic that you just ended that job what? as a undercover cop, because that's very much related to the musical that we're talking about today. Is it? Did you watch it? No, actually, I did not. Oh, the, no, I'm is... just messing with you. I watched it. I <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 gotcha. Ah, fooled you. Fooled you. <laughs> I, I, uh, you had me so on the edge of my seat. So I, I tricked you for a sec there. Uh, yeah, for a second. I was like, oh, um, this week we are talking about one of the shortest musicals ever to come out. It is the 15 minute musical written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. 21 Chump Street. The plan was called Operation D minus. One of the schools included in the plan was Park Vista Community High School, where a kid named Justin LeBoy, that's me, an 18-year-old honor roll student, I guess straight A's, man, was in the last semester of his senior year. Justin could hardly believe his luck when a very pretty girl showed up. Naomi. And not one, but two of his classes. Naomi. She sat in front of him. He switched seats. Naomi. Last name she used was Rodriguez. 21 Chump Street is a 15 minute musical written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, known for creating the Broadway musicals In the Heights, Bring It On the Musical, Moana, and of course, Hamilton. I liked Moana. It, it didn't have any hip hop in it, so it seems like the right thing for you. Hip hop hoedown. It's a Hannah Montana reference if anyone's seen that. Um, the show was actually based on the second act of episode 457 of This American Life, which is a radio show that takes in a bunch of stories, journal entries and a bunch of other things. And the title of that episode was What I Did for Love. And it was reported on by Robbie Brown, not to be mistaken with Millie Bobby Brown, in which a high school student falls in love with an undercover police officer and is ultimately arrested for selling drugs to the officer in an attempt to impress her. Excellent. Yeah, this is one of those very few musicals that are based on a true story. Dra dramatized, I'm assuming. Not very much. If you I listened earlier to the This American Life story, which it basically takes direct word for word quotes of almost none of it is dramatized or um, expanded upon. Um, mostly it's word for word, except for changing of phrases to make it sing. Mm. So I'd yeah, say this is, what, then. this is one of the most accurate translations from real life to musical I've ever seen. A lot more singing than in real life, I assume. And it all depends. He did serenade her in class. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I wish I was that cool. 
But this was not the first adaptation of a This American Life story. So they do this like radio broadcast every now and then about like stories within America. Let me run a couple of these by you. See if you recognize them from the box office. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Do you remember a little film entitled Unaccompanied Minors? Wait, was it was it a Christmas movie? Yes, it was. Wait, were they in an airport? Yes, they were. Oh, shit. I might have seen it. I may have seen it. <laughs> you can tell it's really good because you're not 100 percent sure if you've seen it. I I'm I maybe just getting confused with Home Alone. So mm-hmm. there was also three other adaptations. Sleep, Walk With Me, The Informant and Come Someday. OK, yeah, I've not heard of any of those. So mm-hmm. but overall, this is a story that really shows how terrible it is in America with all the maximum minimums when it comes to drug charges. It destroyed this kid's life that he had a really bright future ahead of him. Because of entrapment. I mean, we will get into the ethical issues that went on here later. But overall, I think the story is really, I mean, sure, really sad. And it stings all the much more because this is something that happens in America every day. True. Yeah, uh, maybe. (laughs) So what is your thoughts on just the original story? I'm not sure if we're getting an accurate portrayal of the other side of the story here, but if we are, it's kind of a. To me, it seems like obvious entrapment. <laughs> what would be the other side of the story? Maybe this isn't exactly how it went down and, and like he actually offered the drugs first. Like, I, I don't know. I can't say I don't know the story. <laughs> but does that change anything if he offers the drugs first? Yeah, it changes a lot of stuff. Well, that means he was already doing it, whether she wanted him to or not. If she specifically asks, can you get this for me? And she's like, OK, if he gets it for me, then he's going to get arrested. That's entrapment. <laughs> so you place the moral like boundary on whether or not he offered it first or whether she begged for it. first. Yeah, because basically he obviously if, if the story is completely as the musical portrays it, which it could po- very possibly be. I'm not saying it's not. Um, basically, what it what it says is uh, she's like. Oh, you you are in love with me? Uh, Yeah, just buy me drugs and give them to me and then I'll love you back. And so he's not even a drug dealer. He's just a romance story for the ages. What are you talking about? He's just he's just buying her drugs because she specifically asked for them. And sure, that's not maybe super moral of him since he's willing to break the law for a girl. But at the same time, he's not a drug dealer. (laughs) Well, that's the kind of line that we do. Like, is it different when it's just this one guy at this one time selling drugs to a fr- or especially when he really didn't want the money for the drug deal to begin with and said, no, I don't want it. It's a gift. And she like forced him to take the money. Yeah, I mean, that's literally not even a drug deal at that point. You're buying it for a friend, which, again, I'm not saying that's moral because technically he broke the law. But it's not the same thing as being a drug dealer. <laughs> Do you think that maximum minimums should apply to people like that, though, in those specific situations where it's like that specific situation where it's one guy selling it to one girl and it's like that individualized transaction as opposed to having an entire cartel within a high school? Wait, what was the question? Is that moral or is that 
Should we do you think that, that, that we should have a specific um, legal differentiation between situations like that and situations where it is a bigger, more um, stigmatized issue? Or what is the word? Yeah, I, I would for? say so. I mean, personally, I, I would say that we should just legalize the drugs and get it over with. But that's a totally different issue. Uh, but if you're going to have them be illegal, I think that it is a big difference between someone who deals to a lot of people and someone who gives it to a friend. And that's the basic like moral of the story. Like, is he this is why people often try to remove the stigma behind drug issues like this, because anyone who is in this guy's situation and sold it to one friend and then got caught is immediately a felon. Especially like in this case, it was the state of Florida and that was a criminal charge and it was made even worse because he did it in a school. Which, again, she asked him to do it in the school. <laughs> he didn't even <laughs> want to. And so, again, there is a big argument that this is just straight up entrapment. <laughs> but he couldn't fight it because they have the text messages saying, I'm going to do this, we're going to do that and so on. I mean, they also have the text messages saying that he just was in love with her and whatever. So I guess this whole musical is just really an argument against being uh, completely blind to uh, signals. <laughs> Do you think that love blinds us? <sighs> That's not exactly what I meant. <laughs> uh, but it does, doesn't it? Like in that situation, all those cues and stuff are different. Um. I was doing a Star Wars prequel reference. So, so. <laughs> you just you you delivered it so much better than Hayden Christensen. It went right over my head. Um, I think this is like one of those few rare cautionary tales to high schoolers that they have to be aware of what their actions. And I don't know if you remember being in high school as well as I do, but I always thought that I had I was kind of bulletproof in high school and that the shit I would do wouldn't really have consequences because I'm still an idiot kid. I never thought that. I just thought that none of the actions I would do would have consequences because I never did anything. <laughs> My high school career was uh, full of sitting in study halls and doing nothing, so I never really had to worry. I don't know. If you look through my, my my entire YouTube upload history, you can tell that I was an idiot that didn't think there was any future with, uh, with the stuff I was saying. It's true. You posted a lot of garbage. Hmm. All I'm saying is I think this is if this sets itself apart from the other um, high school stories that we see nowadays where it's like, oh, sex, ooh, this, ooh, that, where it's just like you could be so like dumbfounded to like facts and ideas that you don't see what's right in front of you. And I think that's a much more honest kind of message to students as opposed to like, ah, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die. All right. You ready to talk about the actual musical content as opposed to like just the message of the original true American story? Yeah, sure. This is the part where everyone hates me. So seriously, these kids need to learn there are consequences in life. If I'm doing my job and I'm doing it right, I am making life safer one school at a time. All right. So as opposed to talking about just the content of the story, now we're going to talk about the adaptation from that original radio story to a musical, which was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also narrated the performance as well. Um, the musical starred Anthony Ramos, who recently was in A Star is Born with Lady Gaga, which was 
I have a lot of opinions on, um, as well as Lindsay Mendez, who just recently won the Tony for Best Supporting Actress in a musical, which is all I don't good. know who either of these people are. But how do you think they performed? Um, I believed it. <laughs> that verisimilitude was not compromised for Andrew, guys. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Highest praise. <laughs> I think this is truly a testament to how musical theater is really the best storytelling medium. It can take all these complex ideas and like he said, she says of the original This American Life like radio broadcast and condense it into something shorter, more streamlined, but still even more emotionally compelling to, than the original radio broadcast was. It sounds like it was meant to be informative, not emotional. It was more like, here's the straight facts. And then Lin-Manuel Miranda found the emotion behind those facts and thought, how am I going to emotionally convey this as opposed to factually convey this without compromising the actual factual information? There is a reason why Lin-Manuel Miranda is called the Shakespeare of the 21st century. He lives up to it. And currently he's three for three and everything he's done is great. Wait, no, I lied. There's 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 a little blip on his on his like resume that he doesn't talk about anymore. And which one's that? Bring it on the musical. Bring it on. Is that like a cheerleading movie? Yep. He wrote a few rap songs for it and it will forever be tainted onto his resume. Mm, Magnifique. But now he's currently making all the monies from Broadway with Hamilton. He's starring in the Mary Poppins sequel. He's making musicals about um, this American life stories. What a genius. Truly the Shakespeare of our time. He really is. He really is. And you're being all dismissive because you don't like hip hop. How many words has he invented? Shakespeare it's, invented a lot of words. It's not the invention of words. It's the way he uses words to tell a story. Well, Shakespeare invented words. So if you're going to compare him to Shakespeare, he should invent some words. They compare him to Shakespeare because he uses poetry and um, to tell an emotional story in a form that is theater. No, I, I think it was all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm being uh, I'm being intentionally dismissive to piss Jess off. But yeah. I just remember showing you the opening Tony's of the Hamilton performing and you're just like, I hate this. I I really did dislike it. One day we will do Hamilton and it'll be a long, extensive three part podcast. My I, I feel like I it's like the absolute worst mix of uh, issues because I really like Alexander Hamilton and I really don't like hip hop. <laughs> but you do like musical theater depending on the content. Yes. So I'm but. very like I thought like as soon as I saw it, like being the next thing that he was doing, I was not very interested. I liked In the Heights, but I didn't love it. But I was basically like, oh, I don't think that'll hit me the way that a lot of people say it is. Then I listened to it and I eventually saw it live and Everything that I thought it was, it wasn't. And I loved every second of it. Hi, guys. Sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but we're here to shill at you and promote our stuff. Isn't that right, Andrew? Absolutely. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. 
Also, leave us a review there. That's how we get noticed and how more people can find us. So be sure to leave us a review, even if it's negative. Any criticism is accepted. Except for insulting me. As I said, that is mean. Um, It's hilarious. uh, Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. Yes, Musical Theater Lives. It's our rebranded channel. We're going to have a lot of new content up there really soon. It's going to be great. And search us up on social media. We'd love to chat with you. Yeah, we'd love to have involvement. You can even see through all the YouTube videos I've had over the years. I'm always responsive to anyone that's willing to have a good comment. All right. Enjoy the show, fellas. Do you want to go through the songs real quick and just talk about like each and every one of the songs since there's only like five? Yeah. All what right. the heck I got to do? Uh, that one reminds me of uh, that one song that I just I told Jess about earlier that he remembers probably and I don't. Um, <laughs> so you don't remember the only song that you thought it reminded you of? Oh, it reminded me of the song. Uh, uh, you just a friend. And I need just just a friend. It reminded <laughs> me of that song. And I don't sure exactly why, but it definitely reminded me of that song. Probably just because of the subject matter and the melody were kind of similar. It's much faster, though. Yeah, that doesn't mean it doesn't remind me of it. And and Anthony Ramos actually knows how to sing. Whoa, whoa. Are you dissing my boy Biz Marquis over here? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. He knows how to wear a, a fucking Beethoven wig, so... <laughs> You know what? So does so does Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, I think this is a great like introduction both to character and to like location. Um, it sums up his goals and what he aims for, and also what he stands for. He's a straight A student. He also really likes this girl, and he explains why he likes this girl. And I love how it's able to take like the actual spoken testimony of Justin from This American Life and turn it into prose so beautifully. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was pretty well well written for sure. And it felt like a high school kid, like an excited, like nervous energy high school kid describing his feelings. It made him a character as opposed to just speaking like thoughts and feelings. You could feel the character come out. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, when I was a dumb idiot kid like right now. And then we move on to <clears throat> Naomi who is the light-skinned Puerto Rican Dominican girl that Justin has a crush on and she he is in she is in two of his classes. And apparently she looks like she's 18. He says she's got a body that looks more mature than that. Yeah, but she's believable as a high school student, so I don't know. 18 like senior is like that iffy age like a 25 year old could look like a senior i can see it happening well you say that but one of the biggest complaints people have in movies is that 25 year olds play seniors no my biggest complaint in movies is when 25 year olds play freshmen (laughs) okay that's that's another issue but a lot of times they do play seniors and people are like they look 25 well the only reason why (laughs) they do that is because they want to show them naked without like having like the ew it looks like my daughter feeling yeah i mean but it does I don't know. It all depends on the person. And I feel like if they're they're not going to pick like Channing Tatum and fucking um, Jonah Hill to go into a high school, really, they're going to pick someone that actually looks like a relatively high school kid. Like Zac Efron. Zac Efron, I'd actually believe is a senior in high school. Forever. 
I think that the, her song One School really sums up her stance and why she's doing this and lets you have a little bit of sympathy for her before she like tosses it out of your hand with entrapment. Despite the fact that we don't know much about her past and her history, we know enough to understand why she's doing this and why she's relatively guiltless in her actions. Uh, I mean, that's great that she feels that way, but uh, I think that even she must see that it's pretty obvious what the fuck she did. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I find it weird that I'm not she's sure how blind you could, how blind can you be to your own actions? Well, I let's not go into the indoctrination of cops and thinking that everything they do is infallible. Yeah, because that's its own little rabbit hole that I don't want to dive into. Fair enough. But I think that she's really young in and of herself. She's 25 and 25 year olds aren't like the most mature human beings on the planet, no matter what job they're given. Boy, ain't that a fact, Jess. <laughs> So I really think that she's equally as infallible and immature in the same way that Justin is just like she's in a position of power and he isn't. Yeah, at least she didn't buy drugs. I mean, come on. I, Wait, well, she did. Yeah, she did. I was about to say. <laughs> she's the only one in this musical that bought drugs. The cousin who called the cousin who called a friend who called a couple dozen cousins because it doesn't end my cousin justin's looking for a little something something for a certain someone some girl he wants to be touching everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something all right let's let's talk about the next song um cousin basically yeah so i was unsure if this was meant as a um literal translation that he had an actual cousin or that everybody has a cousin in quotes that can give them stuff in the original this american life story his friend had a cousin who he was able to get weed from because he doesn't okay. have friends that were that did weed he was like hey do you know where i can get it and he's like no but i don't the musical I don't makes it sound man. like it's a cousin like you know a nickname for a drug dealer or something like that you know I always thought it was like everyone's got a relative who knows someone who can get them what they need. Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. The, it kind of confused me a little bit because I thought like, OK, well, he knows a drug dealer. So huh. <laughs> and also we are very much cis cisgendered white men that don't quite have all. Excuse the cultural... me, are you assuming my gender? <laughs> Fuck you. Listen, please just take the money. All right, are you ready to talk about the big dramatic crux of the entire musical? Oh, wow, I can't wait. The money. This is the scene where he tries to give her the drugs and she tries to pay him. But he's like, no, I got this for you as a gift. I don't want your money. And he insists that he does not want to take her money. But she's like, no, please take it, take it, take it, take it. And then he's like, OK, fine. And he takes the money. Which is a felony and made even worse because he did it at a school, which in the musical she requested he do. Yeah, this is the part that makes it really obvious that it is entrapment. And then after that, um, she does not end up going to prom with him. 
sadly enough. So what if he didn't take the money? Is it still a felony? It's still a felony, but it's I mean, it's not a felony. Then it's just kind of like giving it. It's not selling drugs for like because I think the main reason why people hate the drug sale thing that goes on is because they're avoiding taxes. Okay. well, couldn't he offer to pay taxes on it? No, I don't think that's how that works. Well, if you put it on your tax form as a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know that well of Florida drug laws. I don't have that memorized in my head. You know what they should do? They should legalize the drugs and then the government can get taxes on them. That's what's happening in Michigan. Vote in November, guys. Yep. Well, now we know where Jess lives. I don't think I've ever hid that. He was in Detroit. <laughs> what an idiot. Did you? I, I just got a curious question before we move on. Sure. When you were in high school, did you have many drug issues within your high school? When I went in hi- to high school in Massachusetts, yes. Uh, when I moved to New York, no. All right. Now, what kind of drug issues did you have in Massachusetts? Everybody liked the weed. Uh, and there was some other, actually. Uh, the, I was in a richer area, so a lot of people liked the... I forget what the fuck drug it was. It was either... It was one of the more expensive ones, you know? It wasn't like cocaine or anything. Was it like prescription drugs or more like... I think it was like a prescription. It wasn't something major, though. Like, I didn't really hear that much about it, but my mom would talk about it all the fucking time. Oh, <laughs> I f- I'm trying to guess. What is the one that gets you, like, really hyped up? Like, the ADD medicine that I can't think about. Uh, Ritalin? Yeah, that's it. it. It may have been that. I'm not sure. Either way. You see, I went to a really poor school district, so the worst thing that we had was weed and when that like entered the school district once um dogs were in everyone was freaking out so i I, there was not really a drug issue because we couldn't afford big drugs yeah that's what happened in uh in new york i live in a really rural area it's all like farmers and stuff nobody has any fucking money they probably grow weed in their backyards and stuff but they just grow it in their house they don't bring it to school because they're not idiots I don't know about you. How how big is drugs in your high school, kids? Guys, what drugs were you doing in high school? <laughs> what drugs are you doing now? Please leave a comment, like, and subscribe. <laughs> um, either way, um, because of that drug sale that he performed on school grounds, he was a part of a drugs bust and was arrested. And he was advised by his lawyer to... Take the felony plea and plead guilty. What fun. Hooray. His whole life is ruined because of entrapment. Exactly. He wanted to go into the military. And if you've got a felony, you're not allowed to go and hold guns, which kind of makes sense. But in this case, really, it's a nonviolent first offense, which really baffles me. Yeah, I just don't know why that's taken so seriously. I don't know either. I don't understand like the drug craze in America, aside from the fact that Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush said it was so bad. Thank you, Ron. Oh, oh, Ronnie Reagan. God bless his soul. There'd be so many less people in jail without you, Ronnie. Oh, I hate Ronald Reagan. man. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was in some of my favorite movies as well. 
He was in uh, that one with the horse. Yeah. I read his autobiography. Why? Uh, for history class, they wanted me to do a report on a president. I was like, I'm going to do old Ronnie Reagan. <laughs> Anything interesting happened that we didn't already know? I didn't read past the part where he talked about being an actor. Oh, yeah, I just I, pretended I, to read the rest. I would have been interested in the day he got shot. Oh, shoot. I forgot about that. I would have been like, oh, oh, that really hurt. Nancy, Nancy, I, I've been shot. Yeah, I probably should have read that part. Yeah, I was about to say, there's slightly interesting things that happened after his time as an actor. That would have been a really good part to read, but I did not read that part. Did they? Did, you didn't even read the part where he refused to bring up AIDS and therefore a lot of people died? Which part? The part where Ronald Reagan refused to address AIDS as an issue because he didn't give a fuck about gay people. And therefore, a lot of people died because fuck Ronald Reagan. God damn it, Ronald Reagan. You're the reason that rent was made. Yes, yes, that is technically true. If only Ronald Reagan did something, we wouldn't have to listen to fucking rent. <laughs> Fuck you, Ronald Reagan. You've caused a lot of bad in the world, including rent. Mostly rent. <laughs> no, fuck. No, that's that's wrong. The rent is too damn high. Have you talked to her since all of this happened? No, I would love to. I would love to have that conversation. What do you think you would say? I would say. What the heck did you do? The musical ends with Justin thinking about Naomi, really wanting to talk about talk to her about why did you do this to me? What did you do? Yeah, if I was him, I'd probably want to punch her. <laughs> probably not the best idea. She is a cop. She'd probably be able to take him. It's not about winning. It's about the relief of getting the puncher. But he is very specific in saying if it had been a guy who didn't flirt with him and wasn't um, leading him on in any way, he would not have given him the time of day if he asked for drugs. Entrapment. It was entrapment. But do you think if she, she didn't lead him on so much, like there would even be like the issue? Well, no, probably not. Although... He was a high school guy. He may have just been obsessed with her either way. All right, Andrew, I've got a question for you. Yeah, I think you've already answered it, but just to get out of the air, Justin versus Naomi, what side are you on? I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious that there's only one side in this story. Do you think that is kind of a one sided take on the entire event? Oh, definitely. Holy shit. It's I mean. I mean, they do get her side and they do take the exact quotes that she said in the interview. Yeah, but the way they phrase everything, they end it uh, with saying that his life was ruined. And I mean, you know, that's obviously very emotional way to put it. I mean, whether he did or not, his life is ruined. Well, 
depending on what he wanted to do. I mean, obviously, he's still alive. He could still do something with his life. Well, now he's got a musical with his name on it, produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, saying his life is ruined is a super emotional way to put it. So yeah, but he can't like, go it. into the military like he wanted to. I mean, is that really that bad? Some people, that's their dream. They want to fight for their country. I don't blame them. Sure. I have a friend in the Navy. It's their dream for like a year. <laughs> Andrew, the king of not romanticizing anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you do in that position? In which position? Like it already happened or uh, a, a nice girl sits in front of me? Nice girl sits in front of you that you've got a crush on and she asks you to get you drugs. I'd say, I don't know where the fuck to get drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never done any drugs. I know no one's going to believe me when I say that, but it's actually true. I've never done drugs either, so don't worry about it. Sure. I don't believe I, you, Jess. Why the fuck don't you believe me? <laughs> Is it because I had peroxide in my hair for a few years? Yes. <laughs> What would what would I do in this position? Oh, I already answered. What would you do in this position, Jess? Um, I would probably hook her up with a pe- person that could get them drugs, but I don't think I'd ever have the balls to bring it in myself because I'm a bitch ass pussy, as the kids would call me. As the kids would say, you a bitch ass pussy. And also, I'd just be so like panickedly scared about getting caught. I would refuse to like I. I, I like, I can't imagine myself in any way being in that position, but if I were, I'd just give references. Yeah, I think that if I was in the position where a girl was asking me for drugs, this would be like topsy-turvy universe. Also, have you seen either of us? We're not the kind of person you'd be asking for drugs from. He spent a week in jail wondering what All would right. happen next. So, it's your I think that 21 Chump Street, as much as I hate the name, I really hate the name. Um, but it is one of those rare musicals that feels like a high school story told by a high school student as opposed to adults trying to talk about high school. Every time I see like high school musical, it feels like, oh, this was written by a 40 year old man remembering what it was like in high school. And high school was nothing like it was in the 80s where it was like clicky. Most of the time, we're just like working together to get to graduation so we don't kill ourselves. You got to think about it this way, though. Uh, Most of the high school stories are written for people that are younger than high school because they think high school is going to be fun and they're wrong. But we have to pretend that they're right. So they give us money. I mean, but there are ways to make high like you can talk about the fun of high school without like portraying it in a incorrect way. Jess, there's no fun of high school. I had fun in high school. I made a lot of YouTube videos. Jess, that's not high school. That was outside of high school. I don't know. I didn't have a bad time in high school. (laughs) My high school was miserable. Was it? Yeah. So nothing happened. Then I moved during my senior year, so I had no friends. 
Oh no. And then I had like four study halls, so I did nothing. I was your friend, Andrew. Why didn't you talk to me? Jess, we're not friends. We're worst enemies. Do you, <clears throat> I don't know. High school was always there was never the click issue. Like, I don't think you dealt with the click issue you see in a lot of those modern high school stories. Where it's like, ooh, the jocks and the bullies and the band geeks and all of them. And I don't like, know. Oh, I you, actually, were you were you bullied in high school? No, just nobody talked to me. So you were kind of indifference and you skated by. Yeah, I was this guy walking down the hallway wearing some European metal shirt. And everyone was like, eh, I don't want to talk to him. I don't know. I've never been to a high school like this before. I've never had any light skinned Puerto Rican Dominicans sit in front of me. I have. Very, that's great for you, man. I, I was in Metro Detroit, so I had a lot of races mixing together. And it was a very much like all of us are in this together as opposed to like click fighting one another. But I feel like this is an honest representation of what high school is for a lot of people, as opposed to like the 1980s reflection of what high school was like for them implanted onto us. It's no breakfast club. It's much better than Breakfast Club. I'm not a fan of that. I've never seen Breakfast Club. It's not that good. Should I watch it? No. <laughs> if you've seen parodies, you've seen it. Everyone comment if I should watch Breakfast Club. Yeah, tell them if you should watch Breakfast Club, because we know Andrew reads all the comments. Like and subscribe, and do not forget about me. Think about it. She'll think about she'll it. Think about she'll it. think about she'll it. Think about it. She says she'll think about she'll it. Think All right, Andrew. This has been fun. I had a lot of fun talking to you about Twenty One Chump Street. It is our first experience into the hip hop genre of musical theater, and it is our first Lin Manuel Miranda musical, and it definitely won't be our last. Oh joy, <laughs> Andrew. What is your cheese rating of Twenty One Chump Street? Um. This is the least cheesy musical I've ever listened to. <laughs> it's like a ranch dressing. I think I've given that before. We're going to give another ranch dressing. It's put in the ranch dressing territory. Now, what is your actual opinion? Do you recommend it? Because it is on YouTube. People could easily go and listen to it right now. I would definitely recommend it um, to people that aren't me. I think it is great. I think it is one of those very few. I don't see very many short form musical storytelling, and I think it's fantastic and so effortlessly done. But that's expected by the greatest living like musical theater composer that we have. I think that the story is very well told, but the music is absolutely in an, uh, in an alleyway that's different than the one I'm walking through. <laughs> It's a very kind way to say that he didn't like the music because he is an uncultured swine. I, I suppose so. <laughs> All right. So I'm really happy that you guys came and listened to us. Um, 
please rate us on iTunes. We're at Musicals with Cheese. It helps people find this podcast. If you like us, if you hate us, tell us what you think. We are very grateful that all of you are listening. So please give us your feedback so we can become even better. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we're at Cheesy Musicals. It is great. We respond and we'd love your feedback. If you want to email us with long form questions or recommendations, email us at musicaltheaterlives at gmail.com. And it's theater spelled T-H-E-A. T-R-E. All right. If you want to find us on Instagram where I post like updates about the podcast and all that, go to Musical Theater Lives. And of course, the YouTube page where there will be the podcast posted as well, as well as video essays that are coming up. The first one should be up there right now. And that is Musical Theater Lives at YouTube. Yeah. And please leave comments. Do not criticize me. Uh, I get very offended by it. It's very upsetting for me. Um, so just really focus that negative energy on Jess entirely. Thank you. Yeah. If you criticize him, he goes full Kavanaugh and starts asking if you drink beer. I do drink beer. I really enjoy beer. All right. This is a really politically charged episode. Thank you for making it to the end. I'm Jess. I'm Andrew. Thank you for listening to Musicals with Cheese. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.